Welcome to the Pool Nation podcast, where it's all pool talk. And we ain't talking about netting and jetting or splashing and dashing. We're talking about becoming a nation of pool pros. We talk about the latest products, trends, and training in the pool industry. Now let's welcome your host with over a decade of industry insider experience and still the reigning champion of Marco Polo, Edgar De Jesus, and his co-host, John J.J. Flawless, the fastest netter in the West, and Zach the Pool Boy Nicholas. Welcome, everyone, to the Pool Nation podcast. Today, we continue with part two of our podcast with Luke and David from the Splash podcast from Australia. Welcome back, everybody. We are talking to Luke. We're talking to David from the Splash podcast out in Australia. For all of you that are listening, obviously, you're not seeing, but David, who was that that kind of came into the picture? Oh, that was my beautiful daughter. While we're having a break, I gave her a call to come and reheat my coffee for me. So she came in and, you know, you don't get to bring me a coffee without getting a little cuddle and kiss from dad as well. So that's great. So big shout out to her, obviously, for coming on. And guys, let me ask you this. So what do you think would be some of the threats that you guys are seeing to the industry there in Australia? Do you want me to talk well, that? No. Nobody's talking. Sorry, Luke, I've answered every question first. I was just gonna, just I was gonna shut up on this one and go, Dave. Let Luke have a go here, mate. I think we've addressed the the main one, yeah, in terms of those, those scarce resources, in terms of electricity and water, and governments trying to regulate or or mandate different things that would impact the growth. That's probably our biggest threat. Fencing has been another one. It's a big thing over here, pool safety. I'd be interested. I'd be interested to hear what it's like for where you guys are as well. But pool safety is a big one. And sometimes there's been a lot recently, you know, some of those standards that we were just referring to in that last segment were around pool safety and going to one of the things they wanted internal fences. So, you know, off the balcony into the pool, they wanted to have a fence that was 1800 high, you know, six foot tall. In this case, they wanted a fence that was six foot tall between you and the pool from your backyard. Now, I don't know about you boys, but that's a big ass fence to look through in your backyard. You know, maybe from an external boundary that is, you know, that is in place over here and that's external. So sometimes you want the privacy anyway when you're swimming, but an 1800 high fence as an internal barrier. I mean, think about it. You got a big black fence or a big sheet of glass or whatever. I mean, who's going to want to put a pool in for that? There are some things to do with offsetting boundaries, not being able to build up right up to uh, the perimeter of your property. Now, we've already established and we're talking about really at the top of pools already getting smaller. Now, at what point is a pool too small that it's not worth putting in? There's no point having a literal bathtub in your backyard, is there? At what point does a pool become too small? Some of these efforts that we do through the association part of what we do really do have a significant impact and you can attribute an economic fallout from those things coming down the line and you could literally quantify the amount of pools that wouldn't get built at that point in time. A lot of the threats we're able to see coming and work towards either preventing or mitigating some of those risks 
the other side. And I think it's been an opportunity and I think it continues to be an opportunity. Our industry's really come into, and it's, you know, we'll talk about this, I'm sure, soon at some point of going the minimized movement through whether it's, dare I say it, COVID. And we've done, we've done an hour and 20 minutes. So I feel like it's that drinking game of we've gone so far without mentioning that word. But people haven't been traveling as much. People are wanting for that everydaycation or staycation or in their backyards. So it's been an opportunity because travel's been minimized and we Aussies love to travel. Yeah. We love to go to America. We love to go to Europe. We love to go to Bali is a big bogan paradise that Aussies love to go to. So that travel dollar has not been spent overseas or in the air at 30,000 feet, 500 mile an hour, Zach, for you all. Uh, it's being put into their backyard. So. The opportunity has been there, but the threat is when that all starts to open back up again and people start to to do that. Now, I remember talking about it the other day on the Instagram Live and talking about the long, fat tail that comes after it and going, how can we maximize that? How can we keep people loving their pool and spa? How can we keep them swimming even though they might be able to travel? So it's an opportunity still. I think the threat is that people you know, pendulum swing back the other way and forget about their backyard. Yeah, I think that's absolutely right, Luke. I'd throw another sort of angle on the threats as well. And you touched on it early on in our conversation, Mr. Luke Daly, and it was recognition piece that our profession requires a wide base of knowledge. We're involved in a lot of things from chemistry, handling, uh, safety, uh, basic electrical, plumbing, hydraulics, all of this different sort of automation and programming. We are a skilled-based industry, but we've never been recognized by that, and that is a threat. And Luke said earlier, our job as an association is to see these threats coming and turn those threats into an association. So one of the things that we've done here in this part of the world is create, we call an RTO, it stands for a Registered Training Organization. That simply means that the federal government, the Commonwealth government says, okay, we recognize you and you are approved and the courses that you are delivering are approved and will be recognized as Cert 3, Cert 4s, trade-based standards, essentially, that there is recognition on this. Because if we don't invest in pathways for people, our industry dies. We need to attract, to retain, to train, to continually improve our industry. And that's done uh, through innovation of product, sure. But Innovation of product only happens when you've got people in place who are passionate and being invested in. And so I think one of the great threats, Edgar, to our industry is making sure that we are attracting the next generation of school leavers into becoming the next generation of pool builders, of techies, of you know guys driving around in utes with a fleet of utes. If you don't know what that is, that's our small version of a pickup out here. And being the pool professionals of the future, the next generation of school leavers going in and working for some of the big corporates and developing new products and engineering. One of the fabulous things we're seeing in data and trend with this brand here with Splash that I have the privilege of looking after for industry, for business to business, is in the last five years, I've seen two major trends in our industry. And it's really healthy given that this is the threat. One is the average age of people engaging in our brand five years ago was 45 to 54, and it was 70% male. So we had old men in our industry. Right now, our business-to-business brand in Splash, our engagement level from industry shows nearly 50% female, and the most engaged age group is 25 to 34s. 
So we're getting younger and we are getting more female. We are getting more inclusive and we are getting better as an industry from that. So there's a threat, but as Luke said, it's our job to see those threats and years in advance, start putting things in place. It's nice to be able to measure some of those numbers starting to happen, but we've got to stay on it because lack of professionalism, recognition, and not attracting and retaining great people will kill our industry. Look, I have to comment on Amen. this, right? And, <laughs> and I know we're, this podcast, we're going to go into midnight for us, and I'm okay with it. You know, we're, we're not even halfway through the questions that we're supposed to ask. We're supposed to be done 20 minutes ago, but this is awesome. And literally, and here goes again, what you're saying, it is exactly the same battle the same struggles that we're going through here as a nation in our industry. Touched on it a little bit here, but I'm looking at it as now, knowing that we're both on different sides of the world, right? We're going through the same troubles, the same struggles. We're trying to achieve the same status. We're trying to elevate our industry that moving forward, what we should be doing, and I think we will based off the relationship that we have now and as we grow it in the future, as we start to figure out how to overcome these obstacles or you know, how to gain traction or take one step forward, that's how we can team up together and help each other out. And likewise, when you finally jump over the hurdle of one of the many things that you're going through, and that you're trying to do as a country and as an industry, which are literally word for word, the exact same struggles that we're going through, you know, we can feed off each other and help build each other so that we can help. Hey, this worked for us. This is how we tackled this, you know, and vice versa back and forth. And it's very encouraging to see that we're in this together. And even though we're thousands of miles apart, almost feels like a completely different world. But we're just human and we're going through the same shit. And I think, like I said, it's really, really just very encouraging. And I can see us working together somehow, some way, in some form or fashion to where we can speed up that process or kind of get to where we want to get a little bit quicker. I mean, isn't it right, Edgar? Uh, I yeah. mean, everything he's saying is what we've been preaching. Everything. Yeah. And here's the interesting part. So, you know, I hear David talking about it and the bettering of the industry and and we even look at where we were pre the awards, right? Pre the awards, we were still kind of trying to figure out. We know that we're helping people. We know that we're kind of getting to that generation of the pool pro that wants to be seen as a professional, not just like the one pullers, but they want to be successful at business and be seen as something better. And one of the things that we've seen, guys, is that there is that hunger for that education. There's that hunger for the professionalism to be able to grow and to be exactly what, what they want to be, right? And we always talk about it. A pool guy is an electrician, is a plumber, is, you know, they're multiple, fa an, engineer. an engineer. They're, they're multiple facets of Chemist. what it is that they do. But Salesman. here's the interesting thing, guys. And it's very interesting that you say that, David, because I'm going to go back and do some research now specifically with the age group. But I just had somebody talk to me yesterday and they said, Edgar, we were at the awards. Can I ask you if you have some data on the people that were there? And I said, we don't have any, but yeah, what, what's your question? And he said, I want you to realize that we were in that room. And the number one thing that we noticed is that the pool pros that were at the awards were all younger crowds. 
we went in expecting that these awards were going to be a lot of these older pool guys, a lot more than manufacturers. And we had 130 people there. About 75 of them were pool pros. Great. And it, it made me think, and it was like, oh my God, it's true. A lot of the guys that were then girls that were there, they're all that younger generation that are trying to, to grow into that. So David, for, for me, it just fires me up and it kind of gets that passion going because it's exactly what we want to do. We want to better the industry. And one of the things that we have to do to be able to do that is put that education and put those tools together so that they will help that guy be able to succeed. And I know you were being gender inclusive there, but and girls as well. Yes. Um, I am stoked to see with the suppliers I'm working with now, more and more managers coming up who are professional young women um, who are one of the measures I look for when I'm doing promotion industry sort of stuff. And I, I won't go down that rabbit hole too far, but one of the measures for me on the quality of the sort of person I'm dealing with and whether this is going to be a good relationship or not is what is the quality of questions you're asking? Are you coming in with all the knowledge and I can't help you? Or are you going to be asking some great questions? And to watch these young women, professional women coming into our industry through suppliers, through retailers, through service techs, through every level of the industry and lift our industry another level has been absolutely fantastic. You know, Luke, I think you'd back me up here as well. We've seen over the last five years, in our awards, we always had sort of 50% females in the room because they were the plus ones of the guys who dug holes. We love our pool builders. We absolutely adore you. You do great work. But now we've got an industry that is not just around the pool builder. We are far more diverse than that. We all rely on each other from conception and design through to digging the hole, through to the landscape around, through to the cleaning and maintenance of that pool afterwards, through to a supply side, through to an engagement and swimming lesson side. We're, we're all of these things together. And it's so good now to see a room at our awards filled with men and women, but women winning a very high percentage of awards. I was accused a couple of months ago from one of our women in industry. God bless her. I love the challenges. And she basically said, oh, you guys, we're only winning because you've done quotas. Hell no. The day we do quotas is the day I quit because you have got the awards because not because you're a woman but because you were the best You're a legend, and you deserve that meritocracy recognition and award. And we're really proud of that with that development that we're seeing in, in this part of the world. So next question, when it comes to manufacturers, who are some of the big players out there in your area? Me, I get to answer this question. Beautiful. Look, I mean, you guys are seeing it. You guys hear the news left, right and center. And, and it's not just our industry. It's across all industries. There seems to be, this whole mergers and acquisitions thing happening. So, you know, big companies getting, sorry, little companies getting bought by big companies, big companies getting bought by bigger companies. Yeah. And, you know, that kind of corporatization is really hitting. I mean, I watched this year, I think it was, you know, how many bells got rung on the exchange? Was it Pentair and Hayward? And, you know, there, there's so many bells getting rung. So with that in mind, it, it's a global thing. So it's not just you, it's not just us. So we have a lot of the same big ones. You know, we have the Pentairs, we have... Fluidra, we have Hayward, we have Waterco. You know, they're the big suppliers that you see, which, which is pretty much shared, I believe. We've also got a lot of specialty suppliers as well. And, you know, this might lead us into the next question. So uh, if I can provide a, a natural uh, transition here, Edgar, you're welcome. But we, uh, you know, we've, we've, got a, we've got a lot of, of specialty manufacturers as well who are unniche in what they do. You know, whether it's the heating land, you know, we've got like 
uh, companies like Evo Heat or Sunbather, Boss Solar in that heating land because that's a big part over here. And JJ, I see you laughing at me because you're going, we don't need heaters over here because we're in you know Palm Springs and Queensland's much the same, right? But we're a bit soft. But it gets cold-ish down in Sydney and Melbourne. So heating is a really big part of what we do over here. So we've got you know specialty heating manufacturers. We've got specialty covers is a big part. And we touched on it with the, the Climate Care Certified part. So companies like Daisy Covers and Rollers, then we all know what they do. They, they stop evaporation, help a bit with the heating along the way as well. And then we've also got, here you go. Here it is, Edgar. Get ready for the wind up. Actually, I'm not sure whose question's next. Uh, so it could be you, Zach. We'll never know. But salt chlorinator manufacturers is a big part of what we do as well. A company called Australian Innovative Systems or AIS Water are one of the major salt chlorinator manufacturers. And Dave interviewed Sophie on our latest episode of our podcast from Allclaw. So chlorinator manufacturers, and that's just a few, yeah? So we've got more specialty suppliers as well as some of the big players in the in the global market. But yeah, salt chlorinated manufacturing is a big part of what we do. Obviously, we our industry was thrown for a huge loop after COVID, supply chain issues, obviously COVID shutting down a lot of places and stuff like that. Were you guys impacted just as much as we were during the last couple of years? By supply shortages, Edgar? Yeah. Yeah, 100%. On our podcast just a few weeks ago, we actually did an interview with a supplier over here who was trying to import, well, he does import heaters and various other things from around the world, and particularly as we do out of China. And his story is synonymous and repeated many, many times at the moment in our industry. So there's challenge upon challenge upon challenge. One of those challenges was that each level adds another layer of complexity. China was having its own manufacturing issues because that wasn't using Australian coal. Therefore, they didn't have enough electrical power. The places they were powering were the state-owned factories and not the independently-owned factories. Then shipping itself, there's just not enough shipping containers. So the cost of shipping containers. Let me give you an example in Australian dollars, which is you know got to take about you know add about a third to to the US dollar for your own mathematical transition here. But a shipping container about three years ago, a 40-foot shipping container used to cost around $3,000. Our, our guy we did the interview with told us his last shipping container ended up costing landed $16,000 just in the shipping container to get that out here. Now, by the time you amortize that cost of that shipping container out over everything that's in there, that alone is huge. A shipping container that cost him 500% more than it should have and than it used to, and that took instead of two weeks, 10 weeks to actually get landed and a bunch of other fees that the stevedores and the, you know, the corrupt, you know, every level wants their piece Wolfies. of the pie. It just is insane. So, yeah, we've been suffering from some of those shortages. Also, many who are getting their, their product in from overseas are also competing with your market. Like, we've already talked about how... See, the bloody, the bloody Americans still and all Got to be accommodated. I remember being in Paris a few years ago and these two Americans standing at a counter and it was the greatest line ever. So I'm just throwing insults out there at you boys, but that's okay. And I'll never forget what they said. We're American. We need to be accommodated. And no. you go... Wow. Are you kidding me? Wow. No, that was, that was the fun. You go, wow. And then they looked at us and said, we're Australian. And they go, oh, <laughs> love you, Australia, Australia. So uh, too funny. Um, but I'm being a little bit facetious. But the challenge is real, is that you are 10 times the size of our market. And so it's easier and cheaper and more efficient sometimes for that product 
to be fed out across your continent rather than being put on ships and coming out here. So as good as an industry as we are, as pervasive as we are in our culture, in backyards, getting our hands on stock has been a challenge, wouldn't you say, Mr. Luke Daly? Have pity on us. Keep well, us in your prayers. Here in the U.S., we see that across so everything. It's just stock. not the pull industry. Obviously, we were crippled by it. it. It was terrible. But are you guys seeing it across? Yeah. Yeah. And that's putting up with, let's talk about what that creates then, is there's a few things going on. Obviously, a shortage of supply. Anyone who's done Economics 101 or just has a brain to and eyes to see knows that that puts upward pressure. Lack of supply and increase in demand is going to put an upward pressure on prices, let alone the fact that governments around the world, including yours, are putting trillions of dollars into the economy devaluing cash price. It's having an impact on inflation. The cost of a pool here has risen dramatically. And what we've seen as well, and again, I'm going from step to step to step, so you might need to pull me back here, Edgar, in the conversation, is that we saw pool builders booking out their jobs 6, 12, 18 months in advance and putting a nice thick margin on it as they should. But by the time they've come to actually complete that job, the cost of steel, the cost of concrete, the cost of equipment, the cost of labor, the cost of transport has gone up so much that those margins are now wafer thin or they're running at a loss. And that's another challenge that we need to be aware of. Is the industry there more of what we call one polars or you call them pulleys or are they large companies predominantly? Uh, look, we're, we're a beautiful mix, John, and that's what we see across the way. And I think sometimes it's a negative. So, you know, I framed it as a negative earlier in a sense that anyone, because of the low barriers to entry from an educational licensing perspective, uh, can chuck a pole on the back when they come back from working in the mines or come back from serving in the military, they can just throw a pole on. Now, they said that with a negative connotation. Now, the positive connotation is it's a beautiful lifestyle business too. Like if you're a one polar, but you're good at what you do, that's awesome. We have so many of those, yeah? where they run around, they earn a beautiful living and their priority in their life is to serve their family or to do something else. But they buy a lifestyle business or they run a lifestyle business where, yeah, they are one polars. But we range. There's a lot of one polars. There's a lot of two ups, I call them, you know, prior of the business and, and an assistant who run around together. And that sounds fun as well. All the way through to big franchise networks that have retail stores and, and big service runs or lots of vans, lots of fleets, or big fleets rather out on the road servicing pool. So I, it's hard to put a, an exact quantity or the percentage of the market on each of those, but we range from one to tens on the road, probably not hundreds. I know you guys are, again, at a scale that we can only dream of from a, uh, a population a sense, not that we would dream of having 300 million people in Australia, but that's okay. It's, it's yeah, so we go from polys, John, just one, all the way through to big retail groups and franchise networks as well. So we've got it all. How big are those franchise networks over there? Dave, do you want to answer that quick? Or Look, they've been growing. It's been the rise in the last couple of decades in Australia of franchising in these bigger stores. So there's four big brands over here, I suppose, that take on that landscape for, for franchising or even company-owned stores that have some impact for size of the market. I'm not actually sure, Luke, on what that data is, but they've definitely been growing aggressively so that we're an independent pool store, a retailer who might have had a retail hub of his own with five or six vans on the road or utes, you know, doing service tech work around the place might be selling. 
these franchise groups have been on the hunt and the prowl and have been plucking them off and have been getting bigger and bigger over the last 20 or so years, really acquiring. So some of these franchise networks might, you know, have over a hundred franchisees running around covering off different pockets of different territories. So it comes out of how they slice and dice it. Like Dave said, there's, you know, four or five major franchise groups, particularly in our industry. And they all have different priorities and different focuses though. Some focus on the whole business unit of retail and service vans. Others will focus on just the mobile aspect of it. That's their business model. Others are a little bit more diverse in their offering in terms of they might have a few different product ranges within their hubs. So yeah, most of those ones would, those four or five, I would consider to be the biggest. And they'd all be up around the, you know, the 50 to 100 franchises. There's some retailers who run, you know, five, six shops as well, different groups as well. So it's hard to answer that question, Edgar. I'm sorry. Let me frame that a little bit more because you guys are are big. You are far bigger than we are. So when you've got 50 spots, 50 locations around Australia to 100, you're actually a power brand. You're probably a household name as a brand. That's significant. When we've got the population of what you have between, I don't know, the border at Tijuana to the north side of LA, and that's our entire nation's population. To have you know 50 to 100 locations with that many of population, you're a power brand. I was just going to say, it's crazy hearing that. And again, John already touched on it, but it's very similar to what's going on here. We're seeing a lot of that. And another thing that I'm seeing in my area is a lot of the one polars are becoming the next step. I forget what you call that, the twosies or whatever. We're seeing a lot more of that. And the conversation's really starting to go into how do I make that first hire? What are some things I should look for? How do I onboard someone and train them? And it's awesome. And I think it is because we are seeing the industry transition to becoming more professional. So we're seeing a lot of the bottom of the barrel kind of drop off and remove itself. So it's creating more opportunity for those people to grow and um, become take that next step to becoming an actual you know company rather than a poly. I'm kind of interested in this next question, which would be who are the big players distribution-wise in Australia? <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> I see what you did there. Our market operates uh, a little bit differently. We have a lot of direct-to-OEM. We also have distributors, big distributors, who take care of a lot of the business. You know, we, we've talked about mergers and acquisitions, and, and that's happening in our marketplace. You know, Pool Corp have bought up uh, a lot of our distributors over here. BWT Group uh, have just bought up Lincoln, yeah, out of Germany, have just bought out, rather, one of the big distributors down in Melbourne over here. And we've got a lot of good local distributors like even if i think of queensland where we've got you know legend pool products you know that they do a great job servicing our local market over here i'd say again without being vague there's a lot of direct to oem over here which i understand is starkly different to the environment where you guys are but a lot of oem and a lot of distributors carry the really broad ranges and are able to satisfy or provide solutions to the whole gamut of what people need John, how would you like to buy direct from manufacturer? That would be awesome. But again, I'm sure that has its own struggles too. I'm going direct to oh. direct to manufacturer and not having one central area. I suspect the trend is going out. We're going your way. Yeah. So one central area is always, if everything works as it's supposed to, having one central area to be able to procure any product you want makes it a lot easier than having to have 15 different relationships 
you know, or however, 20 different relationships, 20 different contacts, hoping they can get a hold of it, hoping you can get a hold of it. Hopefully you're in line. You know, I can see pros and cons from in both scenarios. I reckon it's, it's much the same if you extrapolate that out, John, in terms of there's a reason that they don't go direct to consumers at the same time. And a market scale that you guys are talking about, that's why you guys even are able to supply consumers at the end of the day, because business models are set up differently to satisfy different business units. And it's a beautiful solution and it works. It works at all different levels. And like Dave's saying, I think there's a pendulum that and a balance that comes between them all. So uh, real quick. And that I sounded very intelligent and convincing, Luke. I can trick him some of the time. <laughs> I'm taking notes. That was awesome. Hey, th- this is a side question here that stemmed off what you said. As far as like direct to manufacturers, do you have issues out there with consumers going direct to manufacturers or do the manufacturers play? Like here, for instance, the biggest one of the biggest battles we've had as the pool industry is it's hard to go out and sell a pump or hard to sell a product when the manufacturer can go on the hour or the consumer can go on to Amazon or can go on to straight to the manufacturer and be able to buy the product at you know, at cheaper than what wholesale cost is or at wholesale cost. Now we've started to implement and Fluidro was the first or Jandy was the first to do uh, where they did no internet pricing. They wouldn't allow any of their products to be sold online and everything that was sold or purchased through Jandy was trade grade or was only available through the trade professional, through the retailer or through, you know, the service company. So that when I sold a Jandy pump, or if I sell a Jandy filter, or if I sell one of those items, I know that item cannot be price shopped online and cannot be purchased online through other avenues, only from authorized retailers. And those retailers have map pricings. And usually those retail pricings are a lot higher than what we would sell them for, or at least equivalent to what we would sell them. And now Pentair has their trade grade line that apparently is supposed to only be available. And I know it's a big thing to change. And I think at least here for us, we're moving in the right direction. And by doing that, it allows us to become a true industry where you can't really go buy an air conditioner online and then have some, it just doesn't really kind of work with HVAC and stuff like that. You just really don't do that. Where before with pool equipment, you can go get anything, anything, anywhere, buy it, and then you're constantly price shopping Amazon. Are you guys? Do you guys have that type of issue there, or or is it really non-existent? Uh, Dave, I'm happy to have a stab if you want. Go ahead. This is something that that the industry has been navigating for. If I was to put a timeline on it, probably a decade now. In terms of you know, you've, you've specified the online marketplace of Amazon. But I would suggest that marketplaces, not specific marketplaces, but e-com, e-commerce and internet has been something that has been on our radar over here for 10, probably 15 years uh, and really, really poignant discussion probably over the last six to seven to eight. And uh, I think everyone's still navigating and I don't think there is a, a real answer to it. I think what you've said, John, is along the lines of the solution to it. Lots of the companies over here have a specific internet policy. Now, whether it's not being able to list a price until you get to a checkout, whether it's you can't buy without talking to a pool pro first, JJ, in this instance, or anything like that. There are internet policies in place that that go back and forth and, and, you know, retailers and pool pros choose to go to different suppliers based on their internet policy or support different people based on those policies. Where I'm getting to is along the lines of respect, training, 
and expertise. Uh, if we pick up on the HVAC thread, you know, I've got my air conditioner running right there. Now, I'm not just going to go buy a frigging air conditioner off Amazon, specifically in this case, because you've used it as an example. I hope Jeff doesn't hurt me. <laughs> of going, how do I know how to size a HVAC? Much the same in our industry. How do I know? Anecdotally, I are uh, way before I started with the current role I'm in. I had a, a customer of mine ring me and goes, I can get a two and a half horsepower pump off eBay for, it was basically a third of the price that I was charging for a one horsepower pump. And I'm like, awesome. Good See luck ya. with that. And, and <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, he's like, can you put it in for me? I'm like, hell no. Yeah. Welcome um, to Cavitation. Uh-huh. I'm like, Cavitation, he's got 40 mil plumbing. It's a 35,000 liter pool. You know, it's, oh. I'm just going, yeah, for the same reasons as HVAC don't supply largely through a over the counter style purchase, there's got to be that discussion in place. There's got to be the qualification of, hydraulically, is this sound? Is this appropriate? Is this the solution that you're looking for? Because probably not is the answer. And there's a reason that you can't cash and carry these items. I mean, online marketplaces have their place. Absolutely. I'm I'm a sucker for buying something online. That's I buy my shampoo online, so I don't have to go to the shop. But there are certain things that I'll go to the shop for because I want to discuss with the expert about what's appropriate for that application. And that's, I believe, the respect and authority that our industry deserves. And frankly, the consumers need so they don't buy the wrong effing product in the first place. Yeah. Let me just add to that a little bit, because one of the challenges is we see it all the time, probably across every industry, but is consumers going to Dr. Google? So I'm an expert now because Google told me so, and I found the piece of information that I wanted that fit my narrative. And yay, that's what I'm going with. And if it breaks, it's somebody else's fault. I couldn't possibly mind for looking up the wrong stupid thing. So one of our roles, again, and going back to a bigger picture now as Sparza or that industry peak body association, it's not just to advocate and to represent, protect and, and grow, but promote. It is to help consumers uh, know where to go to get that information. And so if anyone who wants to have a look just out of their interest, Pool Spa Life, poolsparlife.com.au is our consumer website that we as an industry are releasing or have released to consumers to try and do this exact thing in our marketplace in Australia and New Zealand to say, this is where you get your information from consumer. Are you building? Great. Go through this. Have you already got a pool and you want to make your lifestyle better? Great. Go through this. You don't know yet. You want to come to one of our expos anywhere around Australia and New Zealand, then go to the expo page and it's here. And we're looking really to try and now develop and create a conversation with the Australian consumer pool those who want to build a pool, those who own a pool and want to make it better with us and go, let us help you to make that decision. And it's not to buy direct off us. We don't do that, but it's to put them in touch with the right suppliers and the right people to do that. So there's a win-win back in that consumer messaging. Okay, look, so this is a little off topic, actually a lot of off topic. Is bloke not a thing anymore in Australia? Bloke? Yeah. Yeah, blood. Yeah, yeah, you're all good blood. I haven't heard you guys say it once, and we've probably spoken now for like three hours, you know, in total. No, nah, you're, right. you're all right. Come on, bloke. John, look, yeah, mate, you're Come a good on. bloke, but I'm getting lost in those big brown dreamy eyes of yours, man. <laughs> sweet ass, sweet ass, sweet ass. <laughs> sweet ass. Oh. Now, uh, bloke, bloke is absent. Bloke okay. is slang. Okay. Yeah. But the problem is, John, the, here's the problem. 
We've been serious for about an hour and a half. So you've got game face on. We haven't been dropping mates. Or sure. We haven't been. That's it. We haven't been doing. Hey, gone. Yeah. Like, hey, going. Hey, gone. Or bloke. Like we've dropped the slang, mate. We've, right. You've got. This is like game time. I'm gonna have to go get my my actual suit jacket with actual bow tie, and we're going. I'm gonna need a nap after this. It's been you know so intense. <laughs> I need a little lie down. I need to go to bed. There's a, a lot of great information. The guys aren't going to like that we did a podcast because then my brain starts to spin and I start to throw ideas to John and Zach and they just look at Zach over there just going, oh, here Shaking we go again. Head. It's like, oh, my God, here goes Edgar. Too tired Friday. Again, you've got to be careful of Zach. You, I think Zach's number one. He's quiet. You've got to watch the quiet ones. And I'm sure he's packing heat. Like, look oh, at Look at him. Sure. He looks like the, oh, yeah, the Night sure. Stalker. Um, have you, you, yeah. have you, you know who the Night Stalker is? <laughs> Right? It was that the serial killer out here in, in California, you know, back in the wow, what was it like yeah. the 80s or wow. 70s? He looks like the nice stalker, like uncanny. He's oh, a compliment, Zach, yeah. I'm sure. For sure. Don't mess with him. Yeah. He's, he's, and listen, he's in Texas where you don't even need a permit for a gun anymore. You could just go buy a gun, put it on your holster, and walk down the street. No, he keeps he's it personal. He's already he's bought a ticket. You have to own a gun? Don't you have to own a gun in Texas? In, in Texas, yeah. I'm sure. In Texas, yeah. So you, you have to. And it's very common to just be at the grocery store and just watch everybody with their guns right on their holster, you know? Yeah, you better exercise your Second Amendment. Yeah. You know, David's, David's already right. bought his tickets for, for Texas. He's on his way. He'll see you tomorrow. Listen, if anybody, I'm coming. Texas, I love you, y'all. Out, out yeah, here. if there's any, if there's All any job, if, shout out for David for, for job opportunities so, in Texas. So here's the thing, David. There's how you all doing. And that's if I'm talking to David, I go, how y'all doing? That doesn't mean you all. That just means you all. Now, if I'm talking to everybody, I go, how are all y'all doing? And that's my favorite. All All y'all. Not just the Australian version of that is awful. And I I will pretty much just backhand my children if they say this, because it's horrendous. All y'all, y'all. I mean, I was in Texas for 10 minutes a few years ago and I kept saying, Y'all, it just comes out. It's beautiful. I love it. The Australian version of that is how you's going. Oh, yes. How's going? How are you? Why going? Why are you? I can't help it. That sounds bad. My left hand. <laughs> Shut up. How you's going? Yes. So, yeah. I yes. got one for yes. you. Y'all dove. Y'all dove. Y'all dove. Walk me through that. That sounds like Hebrew or something. No, that sounds like a Lord of the if Rings. If y'all dove went down there, then this wouldn't have happened. If y'all dove. Y'all would have. Oh, y'all would have. Yeah. Oh, I'm a beautiful. California guy. I, this is all new to me. When I went to Texas and they were they were going through this whole speech thing with me too, and I'm sitting there going, <laughs> "Okay." I mean, I mean, I want to be adopted by Texas. Please, Texas, we, will you? Have you need me? to come to a Bucky's. We need to bring you to a Bucky's. Oh, Uh-oh. I don't even know what that is, oh. but I mean, is Bucky's it all meat and gun? <laughs> let me tell you. Let me tell you how everything works in Texas. It's just it it needs to be bigger. So our gas stations for Bucky's have a hundred pumps out in front, just because we are America and we have to have a gas station that puts every other gas station to shame. So it's a hundred pumps up front, and then you go inside this gas station and you will spend, and I kid you not, you will spend two two and a half hours in there easy. And when you go to pay, it's one hundred and fifty two hundred dollars that you spent inside this Bucky with. Just you buy whatever you, whatever you want everywhere. there. They got everything. Whatever oh, is you that want, just a Texas thing? I kid you not, the back of my car, Luke, have you seen the sticker on the back of my car? I have a Texas state sticker on the back of my car. Nice. It came with the car. When I went to buy the car, I went, it's a sign from God. I understand. 
Yeah, Zach, we didn't have him come out to Texas. God, guns yes. and barbecue. I'm in. Oh. And horseback riding. I took John. John came out to visit. Oh I my took gosh. Him on horseback riding. Edgar. Uh, is that, is what, there, is what, there what footage is of John on the back of a horse? I do. I Hang do have on. pictures, yes. <laughs> Hang on. We're going down another rabbit hole here, and I have to pick you up. Americans. Texas, I still love you. I want to come. But y'all, all y'all have got to get this right. It's just horse riding. What other position on the horse are you going to ride? I don't know where I'm at. Am I going to grab it by the tail? Like, why horse like, back? Why are you horse back? back? Is, there's no horse. need to say back. It's, just it's like eyeglasses. No, they're just glasses. They're going to go on my eyes. I'm not putting them on my mouth. They're just glasses. It's That's redundant true. to That's say true. eyeglasses. It's it redundant to say horse point. back. Come on, people. I'm like, yeah. You got to What about waste right. bin? Wasn't waste, oh, wasn't waste bin your other one, Dave? What's this one? No, waste paper basket. No, no. It's just a bin. <laughs> Oh, I have some paper. It's waste. Where do I put it? I need a special place. It needs a waste paper bin or basket. No, no, it's just a bin. Come on, stay with me, America. I love you. And, you know, we, oh, just, we awesome. just have to be special. Look, we put a man on the moon <laughs> and they can take a pencil to write up up there. But no, the U.S. wants to make a pen that they can write on the moon up in space, right? You could use a pencil, but no, we want a pen. So we're going to make a pen that works. So. And that's what makes America great. God bless America from sea to shining sea. America. Look, Luke, Luke checks America. out. Here, here's that. He checks yeah. out. Look at him. Luke, Luke, Luke checked Luke out. Checks He's like, out. I'm out. He, you know, he goes, I don't Can want I to tell you, this. culturally, there is nothing for me like this is dead set. Now, we've been sort of taking a little bit of a piss, but let me go dead set serious. I got to go to an NBA game a few years ago, and start of that game, of course, what do you all do? Yeah, sing the national anthem. Being in a room where the national anthem is being sung, I am more patriotic in America than I think you are. You know, the, the rocket's red glare. Woo! Right. The room's screaming. Right. Yeah, home of the brave. It just, oh, man, how good is that? It's beautiful. Like just it's that beautiful. patriotism beautiful. for country. I, man, I, I do love it. And it's, it's one of the beautiful things of Texas, right, Zach? Like we are very patriotic in Texas to the extreme. We see people in military gear and we walk up to them and we shake their hands and we say thank you for serving our country we see police officers in line at subway and somebody will come and pay for their meal same thing for the firefighters very yeah that's texas not california that's texas yeah not california that's texas yeah texas has their own song (laughs) what's that john texas has their own song has their own tongue song 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 Song. oh yeah Yeah. texas has everything is it something to do with the alamo no (laughs) <laughs> I, I couldn't tell you, but one time I was in a room and they all busted out singing it and I didn't know what was going on, but they got Is it me okay. or uh, I'm like slightly worried, you know, Luke went dark. I was afraid that he's going to pop in and it's going to look, he's going to do something weird or. I thought he was going to be without something. his shirt. Yeah. Or, kinda, I, I, like he was going to put. <laughs> yeah. Okay. No, keep your clothes on. Now you're confusing Luke with me. If anyone's going to do something weird and obnoxious, it's me. <laughs> So, guys, let me jump back in and ask you guys another question. So one of the big shifts that we've been seeing in our industry over the last couple of years is we used to have where it was all you're on your own. You don't share. You don't talk to the other pool guy. We're competitors. You know, we'd rather kill ourselves and help each other out. And Zach, how long would you say that that you've started to see that shift in the industry with everybody kind of going to helping each other out? 
Really recently, honestly, it hasn't been that long. Um, maybe it's been going on a little bit longer, like four years, maybe. And maybe I just started kind of opening my eyes to it more recently. But I would say in the last two years, it's just been extremely noticeable. Is, How old are you, you, Zach? Can I ask? Yes. A baby. <laughs> How old are you, man? Can I... Sorry, you don't have to answer. You got to guess. guess first. Oh, guess. Sorry, I thought you said yes. Pardon me. I thought um, he said yes too. Um, yes, uh, thirty-two. Holy sh! Yeah. Okay. Good job. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I think that's such an interesting. Wanna, point, I don't. I don't even want to say you ask how old I am because you're going to say something crazy. <laughs> Please don't. I'm a. I'm very. No, no, I'm, I'm not going there. I'm very. Young. Not, no, the reason is just Zach with this this idea I'm of. Very well, young. Am I? It's like, like, no, you're not. <laughs> Please, please. <laughs> what? All right, we've lost Edgar. John, John wants you to ask how old No, I don't. I really don't. John, John wants you to ask. Absolutely. He wants you to ask how old he is. No, I John's refuse. John's forty-four. He's same age as me. Close, close. <laughs> He's just better looking. But I'll take it. I'll take that compliment. Thank you. I don't get it very often. Back to the question, Edgar. Yeah, that collaborative, willing to share. I think we're seeing that on a big picture. I mean, the rise in crypto, for example, the decentralized finance, where there's a new generation coming through that is looking at what's become centralized, that's control has been lost and taking control back. And the way that control is being taken back is not with one centralized, but it's many decentralized and then working together to create outcomes. And so we're really seeing that across a whole lot of different sectors. And I think you're right, Zach, we're seeing it here the last couple of years too, more and more recently, businesses willing to collaborate, to share, to work together to create mutually beneficial outcomes, mate. We just had the, the show and we were talking to a group from Houston and, you know, they've really kind of come together, even to the point where they kind of cover a certain area. And when somebody is too busy and they can't get to a repair they call the other person and be like, hey, you know, I need help with this. Can you come out and do this repair? And can you help? And that to me, when I started in the industry was absolutely taboo. Like you wouldn't do that at any cost. <laughs> and to see that group down where Zach is to everybody help each other out. And if they didn't know how to deal with something, they call each other for help. You know, that was a, a big eye opening moment for us. And I think we're like you said, we're, as of recently, we're starting to see that trend. and We're loving it. We've seen so one example of that in New Zealand. So hello to all our Kiwi listeners on this podcast, all probably zero of you. Kia ora. <laughs> but so there was we ran a show in New Zealand and there's a stand there and there's these five or six blokes standing on it and they're all beautiful, man, because good looking men in their black uniforms, because you know, they're all about the all blacks, that's their colour. And and they look fantastic. I went up to them. I said, you guys look like a boy band. What's going on? And so they're, they're called the boy band to me. But they are six different pool builders who combine together to share all of their resources and to buy product like Pebble Creek Glass over from Australia and stock and then supply the industry themselves. But they cover each other's job. Six different builders all working together collaboratively. Same sort of thing as you guys are seeing there. It's incredible. I wouldn't have thunk it a couple of years ago. Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful to see that happening. So my next question is about your guys' awards. And so you do that event every year. Can you kind of tell us what that looks like? Looks like this. Yeah, I think it's uh well, you're looking at the two you look at the two dressed hosts for it. of the uh 
That's all. You can check it out. Go to spazerawards.com.au. That is one of the jackets he wears. The other one's the gold one that he had on, you know, 20 minutes ago or whenever he last changed. Yeah, look, the awards over here is a big deal for what we do and it's really coming along in its stride. So, again, happy to chat with you guys about it because I've seen, seen what you guys are doing. So, over here, the Awards of Excellence are done regionally, so state by state. They're conducted and judged and then awarded at a big gala ceremony. Now, you know, it's, have you guys seen that meme? My favorite meme is the bike riding and then someone sticks a stick through the spoke and then the bike just goes over the front. Face-to-face events, right, for the last couple of years have been difficult over here. We had this good traction starting to happen and this big uprising, I guess, of people loving to come together, fostering that element of community and the tribalism for our industry that you talked about just now and coming together. Now, stick in spoke, 2020 comes along, COVID, railroads, face-to-face events. So we had to, dare I say it, I'm not going to say it, we had to pivot to a, a virtual awards ceremony that we did. We did it. So we delivered it and we were able to deliver those awards categories. David and I jumped on a camera because no one could go anywhere and we just happened to have a studio this, you know, in our neck of the woods. So these two blokes, there you go. No, there we go. I'm sorry. Mad blokes. I'm sorry. I'm like, I'm sitting here just trying to find a way in and I'm sorry to interrupt, but I have to say this because the hypocrisy Right. That I just. Oh, oh, right. I'm going to call it out right now. All right. Come on. Give it. Uh, we just heard eyeglasses, waist bin. What's the purpose? Horseback riding. Uh, what did you call the awards of excellence? Like what other awards would there be? Yeah. Awards of garbage. <laughs> uh, awards of shitty work. Uh, Have I mean, you not seen the what, Darwin what, Awards? Why not just awards? The Darwin Awards. Why not just awards? Instead of awards wait, of excellence. Wait, why, why? What about the Darwin Awards? Huh. Yeah, there's Darwin awards, Awards. You've seen Look, those? Take, I'm going to take your advice, JJ, and scrunch it up and put it in the waste paper. <laughs> 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 oh, freaking oh. love it. Nice ass. Nice ass. Hey. Nice ass. But, uh, nice, but, uh, ass. <laughs> nice ass. Sweet ass. Sweet, oh, sweet yeah. ass. Sorry. Is that what it is? Sweet, I'm sorry. Sweet ass. Sweet ass. Sweet ass. Sweet sweet ass. ass. <laughs> you don't want a sour ass. <laughs> Sour ass is no good. <laughs> Sweet ass. Oh, Sweet JJ. Ass. Hey, you like that? Right. Return sir. Right. I love it. Back to you. What yeah. else you got? Hey. Um, <laughs> okay, so our pool yeah, he's, spa, putting, he's back on mute, awards. Luke. You win. He's back on mute. They're <laughs> uh, on mute too and you tried to talk, David. Oh, you fool. Okay, so the <laughs> awards. They get run each year. So the, our members, the Sparza members, apply or nominate different builds, different products. If you're a manufacturer, nominate yourself. If you're a poly or a retail store, you can nominate for those categories. There's over 73 categories that you can, can nominate for. Now, people go, that is a ridiculous amount. You guys just dish out awards left, right, and center. And that's not true. It's just not true. The reason it is is because we're such a diverse industry in terms of offering yeah we have product designers from a manufacturing sense there's people and engineers designing you know working on those hydraulics like it's not like you can just click print maybe one day on an impeller that goes into a pump there's there's testing there's all kinds of detail that goes into it yeah so you've got manufacturing you've got technicians out in the field you've got retailers you've got bloody safety inspectors you've got this full array of professions. So 73 categories isn't actually that much. Now, that's all to say 
they nominate for their region. So if you're based in Queensland, where I am, for example, you would go to the, you would nominate for the Queensland Awards. Now that gets judged and awarded at a Queensland event. And then after they've all been run, the award winners from each of those categories compete at a national level to be crowned at the Awards of Excellence, John. I'm going to, like I said, bin your advice and call it the Awards of Excellence <laughs> and compete nationally at a big gala dinner where everyone, all the who's who of industry come together to celebrate the excellence of our industry and just have a great night and really reflect uh, because it's often retrospective. These awards could be up to three years old sometimes. Reflect on the good work that that we contribute to people's lives. So does that answer your question, Zach, or have you got something more specific about the awards? No, I think it's perfect. And now that you've talked about that, I see Edgar's wheels spinning right now. Like I see it. I'm going to get that call like, hey, I have nice an ass, idea. Nice ass, nice ass, And then it's off to the next thing. Sweet. I'll tell you how Sweet. one of the conversations went with Zach. I was sitting there talking to Zach going, oh, I, you know, where I'm thinking about this and I'm thinking about that. And I don't know what. And he goes, he just looked at me straight up and just said, you know what? You're giving me a headache. I need to go to bed. I can't do this right now. <laughs> and that was 8 a.m. So, yeah. And that was first thing in the morning. So. Anyways, no, we wanted to know, we did our first Pool Nation Awards back in November, and we were super excited about them. They went really well, but we know that you guys have, you know, your awards there, your awards of excellence. And obviously we were intrigued by, by them. And I've seen, by the way, some of the pictures of the event guys and these guys put on, well, now that I look at David, I know absolutely how, where all of it comes from. Cause it's all top notch. It's full blown. Looks like the Oscars, oh, the backgrounds are like multicolor levels and big humongo screens. And I mean, they go like way out there. Go big or go, go home. home. That's right. Amen. All in or all out. Hey, we're all Americans at heart, aren't we? <laughs> so, yeah. So we just wanted to Texan. Yeah, come in, right, mate, bounce it off. I'll, I'll reply to any level of questions on the emails. Edgar, whatever you need, man. Let's yeah, roll. 100%. I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah. yeah. I think there's going to be a lot more between us working together for sure, because there's a lot of great ideas and things. So, hey, guys, let's do this. Let's take a quick word from our sponsors. When we come back, Zach, John, I want to get your final thoughts. The Hyper Pool from Ultimate Pool Tools is a pool care pole designed by pool professionals for pool professionals, featuring precision crafted carbon fiber and stainless steel construction. Go to ultimatepooltools.com or Instagram at Ultimate Pool Tools. Pool pros have specific needs when it comes to general liability insurance. The SPPA program has you covered. With three tailored and customizable general liability options, SPPA makes it easy for pool pros to feel secure. Find out more and get covered at the SPPA.com. Now available, Pool Invoice. Pool Invoice is a pool billing software created specifically for the pool service and repair industry. It's developed for our industry and only our industry. Pool Invoice is built with reoccurring billing in mind. You can print, email, text invoices, or even send via WhatsApp. You can add reoccurring or yearly charges, accept credits, and set up auto pay. You can even see when customers have seen the invoice. It even has a customer portal where they can log in and see, print, and pay invoices. 
It has all your customers' information on one page, so you don't need to search through hundreds of invoices looking for the one you need. Just go to the customer profile, and it's all at your fingertips. Created specifically for the pool industry, Pool Invoice. Now available at PoolInvoice.com. Welcome back, everybody. We are talking to David. We're talking to Luke, the host of the Splash podcast out in Australia. Luke, so for everybody listening, obviously you can't see this, but Luke went and brought this big, huge either art or something behind that I'm assuming needs to be talked about. So what is that, Luke? That's nothing. It was it was not actually anything. It's just David was putting his paraphernalia up on the wall. I wanted to fit in my portrait of me riding a bike. So, which, by the way, oh, I thought it was an armadillo for a second. Yeah, I, I thought he was going to yeah, go that, into some deep that. Australian conversation about this no. thing that's on there. No, no, but JJ, if you keep up that chat, mate, if you keep oh. that lip up. Oh, 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 I mean, that, I that, that stare, that look, I mean, that's right? years of that. That's years of like, I mean, you, you just yeah, look that I got a beautiful hat out of that puppy. <laughs> you know what it looks like, John? He doesn't know what to do. That was good. Edgar. <laughs> Not creepy enough. That, that's, that's all we got there. Anyways. Wow. Zach, let me get your final thoughts. So I'm just wondering when you're going to get it right. Uh, it's Straya. It's, it's not that hard, is it? Straya. Just get lazy, mate. Straya. I had a great time hanging out with you guys tonight and talking about the industry. And it just continues to amaze me. I've been through different programs and different things with different business owners and different industries. And it's like one thing is, is that whether or not we know it, we're all going through the same thing, right? doesn't matter the size of the company the industry or whatever. And now apparently the part of the world, right? So it's just amazing to hear the stories, hear the struggles, hear the threats that you guys are facing over there um, and how they really align with what's going on over here. So just super interesting to me. And I love the passion that you guys bring to the industry. It is just so organic and just hanging out here and having this conversation, it really motivates me and I can feed off of that. So I just really appreciate it. And I hope we can do this again. For sure. John, final thoughts. You know, I didn't do it this time. You know, I usually get into my final thoughts beforehand, but this time I really didn't. But I really don't have much to say as final thoughts. But other than I want to really thank you guys. It has been an absolute and I'm not blowing smoke up your ass here. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you, Luke and David. I think you guys are extremely intelligent very professional. You know how to have a good time, right? We're definitely, I think that we get this vibe that we're very like-minded. And when you get around people that share a common goal or passion, it's very easy to get lost in, in great conversation and to be inspired. And just hearing you guys talk and, you know, the things that you're going through and the things you're trying to accomplish and, the, and all the great things you have accomplished is very inspiring to us. And, you know, I look forward to having more conversations in the future, not just on podcasts, but staying in contact constantly. And you've gained a subscriber with me. I will be constantly listening to you guys moving forward because I think you have a lot of great information to, for all of us to learn from. And you have a great time while you do it. So just thank you. Many, many thanks for taking the time to do this. 
I know you guys are very busy and I just appreciate it. So, and that's it. Edgar, have we, is, is it okay if I just respond to those couple of things? Have we got time just for me to respond there? We have all the time in the world. So absolutely, please. Just as we, as we come to a close, we've bantered a lot. We had a little bit of a go at, at the US, but not really. We absolutely, uh, we love our American brothers. As, as far as a, a nation, two nations have gone over a long, long time, we've been there for each other. Culturally, it matters. And you speak to things of culture when you talk about the connection to Luke and I and to our industry and that we are passionate. You are too. We love our industry. We love our products. We love our people. They matter. And then that's coming through for both of us, that cultural thing. It just reminded me a, year, a few years ago being in another part of the world. And this isn't to reflect on saying this is a wrong culture. It's just different. I sat for three hours in a meeting, an industry meeting in France. And for three hours, they presented on the meaning of water because that's very French. We want to look at the meaning of things and put something poetic and deep and meaningful around that and the meaning of swimming pools. And we must have gone through about 300 different photos in those three hours around water and swimming pools. And not once did they mention people. It was all about the beauty and the form of a pool, but never about the people that use it. And it's different to our culture in Australia. A pool is designed pretty much to be, it's, we want it to be beautiful, but we want it to be used. We want to see people having the benefits of enjoying that swimming pool, of that water, of that spa, of that hot tub in the backyard, in their home, in the, in the public setting, at the hotel, wherever it is that they're getting the benefit out of. And I think that's where our culture aligns is that we are thinking differently than maybe they were in France around, around one side, but we're thinking of the people at the end of the day that matters. And so, look, thank you for having Luke and I join in. It's, it has been our honor to be a part of this, to start a conversation together and see where it goes and, and do what this new generation, the young fellas like Luke and Zach are doing in collaboration and seeing where we can take this thing and, you know, for the benefit of, of both our, our nations. So thank you, guys. Thank you. Just in having this conversation and doing all this pool talk, I really am sitting on this side, fired up, a lot more ideas, a lot more of that flow that's going on. And I'm sure Zach and John are going to hate me for it over the next couple of days. But that's thanks, thanks to you guys, because you guys hit on some points, very strong points that we need to look at as well as we continue our journey and trying to grow what it is that we are doing over here. And it's great to see, you know, that we do have that common ground. And, you know, I really am looking forward to figuring out how we can partner together and kind of even push that message even further out to everybody else out there. And I do love that you guys have the banter, that you have fun but that you're very intelligent, you're very eloquent, you're very passionate about the industry, you're very passionate about helping those that are coming into our industry and making it better. So I really appreciate you guys coming on. I know it's a Saturday, your time. And look, we've been talking for what, two hours and 10 minutes, and we could probably go for another hour easily. But I want to thank you guys for your time. I am definitely going to be in touch with you guys. And I need to pick your guys' brains because there's some things that you guys have already done that I think we need to do. And I need to kind of reach out and pick your brains. By the way, this is the longest podcast that we've done. So 
Merry Christmas. Australia. Can we close with the American anthem, please? Zach, would you stand and sing? <laughs> hey, Merry Christmas, guys. Oh, Merry Christmas. Maybe don't. <laughs> you don't want to hear that. <laughs> All right, guys. We'll, we'll see you next time. Merry, yeah. Christmas. Merry Christmas. We'll talk soon. Have a great one. <laughs> Bye, guys. Merry Christmas. Thanks for listening to the Pool Nation podcast, a member of the Pool Nation family. You can listen to us live every Friday here at 9 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Central, and 12 noon Eastern Standard Time. You can find us at Pool Nation or PoolNationPodcast.com, on Facebook, or on Instagram at Pool.Nation. And to find more info about Pool Invoice, the billing software built specifically for the pool industry, go to PoolInvoice.com. Before you go, this is what the pool industry has been waiting for. PoolManUniversity.com. It's the first platform to Dedicated to learning the swimming pool service and repair industry. A pool service community where you can connect and find videos on business, service, water chemistry, and repairs. See you there at PoolManUniversity.com. Pool Nation, all rights reserved. No part of this podcast may be reproduced in a verbal or nonverbal way. May not be distributed. It may not be distributed in any social media platforms or transmitted in any other forms or any other means, including recording or other electronic or mechanical methods without the prior written permission of Pool Nation.